ourselves before you. We seek your, your face. We pray to you, Lord God. And your word tells us, oh God, that you would heal our land. You would hear our prayers, oh Lord God. Oh God, we ask that you hear us today, oh Lord. Oh God, in your word, you said that if we seek you, we'd find you, oh God. If we knock, the door would be open. If we ask, you would answer, Lord God. We pray right now for C and his school and the students. We pray for all of our students that are represented here. We pray for the teachers, oh Lord God. Every staff member, everyone that's in the schools. Oh God, that you protect our kids when they drive away on the bus, Lord God and return them home safely. We pray for teachers, oh God. Give them, oh Lord God, a heart after you as they train and teach our children. We pray, oh Lord Jesus, that you bless each and every church leader today, Lord God. Give them an anointing for your word. Oh God, that they would not turn away from you and your word, oh God. Let them become biblical teachers that we can receive the word of God unadulterated, Lord, and not changed, and straight from the mouth of God. We pray, O oh Lord Jesus, that you touch every need tonight. We magnify you. We glorify you, O oh Lord God. Lift up Jesus in the house tonight. Let this be your personal prayer. This is a personal God. Come to him, lifting your voices magnifying him. Let this be your place of praise for the next few minutes. Lift up Jesus right now. He's worthy to be lifted up. Worthy to be magnified and praised. I pray to you, Lord God. I love you, Jesus. You are my Father. You're my Father in heaven, oh Lord God. Oh God, there's not a need that I can bring before you that you won't meet. No healing, no deliverance, oh Lord God. Oh God, and I just bless your name right now. The name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. You are my God. You are my Lord. Oh God, you died for me, Lord Jesus. And because of that, Lord God, your grace is sufficient. Your mercies are renewed every morning. Your word tells me, oh God, to cast my cares on you because you care for me. I don't have to be depressed. I don't have to be anxious, Lord God. I don't have to be in fear because you haven't given us the spirit of fear. Oh God, but you've given us love, power. You've given us a sound mind, oh God. And I magnify you for that. I magnify you for that. I glorify the name of Jesus. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We thank Jesus tonight. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone in the house that knows him? Amen. Is there anyone that knows who Jesus is? Has a personal relationship with Jesus. You know who he is. He's the almighty God. He's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. He's God who's become our salvation. Amen. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's the word became flesh. Hallelujah. That's the God we serve. I'm thankful that I know him. 
I don't have to serve any separate God that's not able. Amen. I serve the one true God. And he's able. He's able to support our every need. If you don't know him, you got to get to know him personally. Get to know him. Amen. Much of what we go through in our troubles and what we feel that we should rationalize in our minds, we can give it to a capable God. He's able. Amen. He's able. We've got to personalize our, our prayers and our prayer time with God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we want to continue with the service. We Before we go, uh, before the word of the Lord will be coming forth, we have firm foundation. We want to uh, dismiss those or release those to go to firm foundation who are part of uh, that class on the campus. We have firm foundation. We have youth and hyphen, and we also have kids ministry. So we want to release those go to great uh, go to their classes uh, on campus at this time. Amen. How many are prepared for the word of the Lord? Amen. I get excited about the word. You know what the Bible says about the word? The Bible says that the word is living. The word is living. And you know, when that's revealed to you that God's word is living, it's powerful. You know, it's not just some, uh, some history book that we read. Even though it is enlightening and insightful, and uh, we can get a lot out of it when we read it. But once that word becomes alive in, in your life, then uh, it, it's, it's, it becomes more interesting to us. You know, I'm waiting to see what else is going to come alive in the Word. The Word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It's a discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word can do that. The Word guides our steps, gives us direction. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our pathway. We need the Word of God. Jesus is the Word become flesh. The Word says that the Word was God and the Word is God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. That's Jesus. When you know Jesus, you know the Word. Amen. Jesus said this and, and really, I'm not trying to go on a rampage, but when you know Him, you know Him. And it's, it's a worthy thing to know who Jesus is because it cuts down on some of the confusion. You know, if you're concerned about whether something lines up with the word, when you know Jesus, it clarifies it. Those that challenge Jesus, the religious ones, which we become them sometimes if, we're not, if we don't have any humility, they would challenge him and Jesus said to them, I love Jesus. I do. He's cool, like he's from Albany, Georgia. He's cool, man. I, he's, he's, they said to him, they challenged him for healing people on the Sabbath day. You know, they challenged him by saying, Abraham is our father. Right? And when they would challenge Jesus, Abraham is our father, Jesus would let them know who he is. Jesus was in the house, just like he is tonight. And he would let them know Abraham, not your father, your father the devil. And then he said, before Abraham was, I am. And you know what they told him? They told Jesus he wasn't even my age yet. 
Bring the word, Brother David. Let's give the birthday boy a hand. Yeah, today's his actual birthday. So, he wasn't even 50 yet like Brother Parks is. Who are you talking to me like that? You ain't even 50 like Brother Parks is. Y'all may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we made it. We had woke up this morning at whatever time that our day dictated, we wake up. Maybe some of us didn't have a time dictated to us, and we just woke up. And uh, Maybe there's some of you that, that are like really strange. You're, you're one of those people that just have one of those internal clocks that uh, you just wake up at the same time every day, which, you know, God bless you. I'm not that guy. I, my life is just always like this. I had a kid working for me when I was in the Army. We were working for the Sergeant Major and, and the Battalion Commander. I was in charge of those guys. And this kid, he, he, he was late one morning, or maybe he wasn't late, I don't know. But he told me, he said, look, Sergeant, all I have to do is before I go to sleep, I tell myself what time I want to wake up in the morning. And he said, every morning I wake up at that time. I said, his name was Ellisor, Private Ellisor. I said, Private Ellisor, I'm glad that to this point in your life, that is how you've navigated it. He said, but we have a job to do here. And every day at a certain time, you need to be here to do it. And... The first time, I'm not going to tell you you need an alarm clock. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to micromanage your life. But I will tell you, the first time that you oversleep while you're working for me, things are going to change. You say, oh, yeah, good. I'm good, sir. It wasn't but a week. Ellis floor overslept. I was a young sergeant and I was full of all kinds of stuff, so there's no telling what we ended up doing. I don't remember. I was I was rough as a young sergeant. I was I had all kinds of uh, I had all kinds of when when I, I moved to a new unit as a young sergeant and the, the first sergeant had to pull me aside. He said, Sergeant McGuard. It ain't like the old days where we could go do all the things that you've been doing. You stressing these soldiers out. I, I just couldn't believe I had a first sergeant talking to me like that. I thought he was on my team, man. Team get right, you know. Team get right. But anyway, so this morning I woke up and uh, the, the gym that I go to, the little jujitsu gym, you know, the art of the struggle snuggle. Uh, we, I, they uh, started doing morning classes, so some soldiers have been coming out there every morning uh, around PT time, which is way too early, by the way. Um, so I've been going out there because it's a great time of day for me. Like they do these night classes out there, and I'm gonna tell you what, getting out there and do it, being that physical at seven o'clock at night, is just not my thing. Uh, it's too much. I get home after that. I can't get to sleep till like two o'clock in the morning. I'm all ramped up because I've been fighting and stuff, you know. Uh, I don't fight. I just, you know, yeah. Well, this morning I get out there and there's this new guy and, and I try to I try when I 
when we spar, you know, basically fight, we're not trying to hurt each other. We're just training, but we're going pretty hard. You know, we're fighting. And uh, I try to choose the, the new young guys to spar with because they're less likely to get hurt when they're when they're rolling with me because I, I know how to control the situation. And if they're doing something crazy, I can grab onto them and say, stop. No, we don't do that here. You know what I mean? Well, unfortunately, this morning, I wasn't quite awake enough. And this fella comes swinging around, and he need me right in my eye. And, you know, you know how, like, the cartoons where, like, the birds and the stars are going around your head? I thought that was just kind of like cartoons did that. I actually laid there on the ground this morning and said, well, shoot. <laughs> Those are, there are birdies and stars. <laughs> I did. I saw and. And this poor fella, he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Because we just started. So he's like, I know I'm going to get it now. I said, no, 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 it ain't like that. I get it. It happens all the time. So if you see this shiner, it's not because I got Sister Cheryl the wrong kind of flowers for Valentine's Day. You know, it's because I put myself in a position to get needed in the face. And I'm okay with that. As long as you understand, that's the story. Okay, that's the story. I'm sticking to it. <clears throat> well, it is an honor and it's extremely fun to be able to be with everybody here tonight on a Tuesday night. I realize everybody's probably had a long day, so I'm not in here trying to go on a four hour long discourse on anything in particular. And as I was digging and praying throughout the week uh, for something to, to bring on a Tuesday night, I feel like this is what the Lord would have me to, to bring forth. Again, the Lord has, has, has forced me to keep it simple, and uh, that which is fine with me. And uh, I just and, and what the Lord really just keeps reminding me over and over is that, you know, sometimes if we try to make it so complicated that we forget that it can be pretty simple. Uh, the things that we do really have a foundation of simplicity. Uh, but, you know, when we engage, there are depths to things. And, uh, but you can't go deep until you're in the shallow. And sometimes we forget, you know, that you walk before you run. So tonight what I want to talk about a little bit is, is we got, we are all human beings, people who have lives, situations that we, we, we deal with and, and we address and we have to uh, figure out. You know, there's, there's situations that are presented to us uh, in our life and we, we look at them and, and, and we have to, we have to figure out how to engage with it, right? Like there's this thing that came up. So maybe it's a decision or maybe this opportunity that came up or, or whatever the, the, the myriad of things. But it's caused this, this thing where we're like, man, I got to make sure I do the right thing here, right? Like I, and, and I don't want to just do like if you're anything like me and you've been around for a few minutes, you realize like there, there's a line, right? And on this side of the line is all the wrong ways to go about it, right? And obviously, if you're in here on a Tuesday night, none of you fall on this side of the line. None of us in here say, I really just think I'm going to make a bunch of bad decisions today. You know, that's just not us, right? We're, we're really striving hard to, to make good decisions, right? But then you go to the right side of the line, and you've got decisions that are better than others. And then you have the best decision that you can make. And it's all the way over to the right side. And I believe all of us in our life 
throughout our day and throughout our week, month, and years, want to be making the best decisions. Amen? Amen. I mean, I think that's the kind of people I'm surrounding myself with. I, I think that's the kind of people I, I, I see on a day-in, day-out basis here is people who really want to make the best decisions. I don't believe that there's anyone in here that is comfortable with just making good enough decisions. Right? Like, ah, oh, this is good enough. Eh. And move on with our life. I'm not to say like every once in a while we're like, look, I ain't got no energy. This is going to have to be good enough. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that we, we endeavor to strive to uh, be intentional about making the very best decisions. And so tonight, that's what we're going to talk about. And, and I just think it's important because no matter where we are in our life, no matter what we're doing, no matter we are constantly faced with decisions that we have to make. And I believe the enemy tries to complicate us, tries to confuse us, tries to um, fill us with anxiety. He tries to do all of the negative things he can to make a simple process overwhelming to where we end up not being able to make good decisions. We end up making bad decisions because of influences other than the Spirit of God. So tonight I just want to kind of call our conversation. Hopefully I'm going to try to make it conversational. I told Brother Park today, I said, look, man, I'm going to try to make this conversational. But I'm just not. Once I get going, man, it's like an engine. Somebody put the gas on it. It's like and I can't find the brakes. I just, you know, so y'all just got to bear with me. I mean, it's pretty interesting that I'm even sitting here. I don't know how I'm, like, maintaining my seated posture. It probably won't last long. I don't know. But anyway. So tonight I call this Decisions, Decisions. Hey, there we go. Decisions, Decisions, Decisions. So, so I will practice what I'm preaching tonight about being involved. What if we've got a decision or we got a circumstance or we got a situation that we're facing? What do you think? And this isn't to insult your intelligence. I'm just trying to be interactive here, you know. What do you think the first thing we need to do is if we're confronted with a decision where it's not like obvious? What would you say? Pray. Right. I mean, we're in a we're in a church, we're in a Pentecostal church, we're, you know, we just got done with praying. I mean, it's obvious, right? We should pray. And but I mean, you didn't quote no scripture to prove that to me. You know what I mean? You just said that. I mean, how am I why am I supposed to just believe you such a joy? Because you teach music class in the in the kids' room? I mean, you know all the answers? Let's back that up with some scripture, shall we? All right, well, let's do that. I'm sure glad that I'm using the word after this because, man, Brother Parks, he was, he was like, I love the word, the word, the word. I'm like, man, I'm glad I used some word in here. It would have been rough if he said, it's all about the word, and all I did was talk the whole time. Woo, help me, Lord. So, Brother uh, brother Steve, hey, could you bring up that first scripture? Somebody help me read it. And there's Brother Parks again. He's sitting here leading us in prayer, stealing all my scriptures. I was like, all right. I was just about to be like, hey, man, just keep the mic. You're good to go. You got the flow. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to first thing we got to do is instead of looking out, right, seeking guidance first, instead of looking in, oh, let's just trust ourselves. Follow your heart. You know, instead of looking in first, we need to look up first unto the hills because that 
is where our help is going to come from. You know, and so that's not going to come, you know, the government isn't going to solve all our problems. You know, our friends and families, they'll do what they can, but they're not going to be our savior. Our first, first and foremost help is going to come from God. So all the anxiousness and anxiety and confusion and all the things that come from not knowing exactly what to do about a situation can, can begin to be solved by stopping that, stop looking at the situation, stop looking at everybody, stop listening, and look up and start there. Next scripture. And I don't care who reads it, so y'all can just go for it. So the Lord is going to be the one who gives us counsel. Yes, we might hear from others. Yes, we might get some instruction from others. But when we go to God first, I believe that he, he navigates, he, he sets up the, the instruction and the counsel that we're going to get from that point. Right, like he is, he is going to begin to order our steps in the way to getting the answer to our situation. We have to start with God. Next scripture. So we, we're just, we're given a promise, right? God is like, look, I promise. If you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, I'll open, you know? We, we, simple, right? This is just simple. But I think we forget it, right? If we, are we finding ourselves anxious? Are we finding ourselves confused? Any negative term that you want to put on it when it comes to your decision, we need to ask ourselves, have I gone to God about it? Have I truly asked? And am I believing? The, the scripture says, ask believing, right? Because that's what God's like, it's cool to ask, but now you need to make, make room for the answer. As much room as you can, because God can do exceeding abundantly above that. Just do what you can. I can, I believe that you might be able to do this. God, God's like, it's okay. I can work with that. He blows our mind. Boom, boom. It's just the way he works. And if y'all been around long enough like me, you see it actually works. How many people seen it work? How many people seen that when you got a problem, a situation, a question, and you say, God, I really got this, this question, I got this situation, and you lay it out to him and he just shows up. It's, it's incredible how, how he does that. But I've also, how many have had a situation, a question, or, or some kind of problem where you found yourself struggling to get this part down? You know, like getting to the place where you live this. And so we, we just got to, is, is there any other scriptures that sometimes when somebody's talking about a subject, like there's just, there's just this like one thing that's like jumping up and down in me. And I want, I hope the preacher says it and if the preacher doesn't say it, he moves on. I'm like, golly, that would have been a good one. <laughs> is there anything that comes up in here that you think about this when we talk about, you know, the first thing we need to do is go to God about it? Yes. Acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, and he shall direct. It didn't say he might. He said he shall direct our path. And you know what I like about that scripture is that he shall direct thy path. 
And that path is sometimes the adventure of getting your answer. Right? Y'all know like I know that God isn't like, you know, Google. You're like, Google. How do I... Da, 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 da. And it's like, this is what you do about that. Da, 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 da. It's like God, God isn't interested in, in answering your question. God is interested in, in teaching us what we need to know to understand what needs to happen. And a lot of us, like me, are hard-headed. And so I go on a lot of adventures. I have hiking boots and a backpack full of things because God has continually taken me on these long adventures to prove points and show stuff to me. But he, when, I, when, I, when I sigh sometimes and look back, he goes, well, remember, you asked me way back when that you wanted to know about this. You asked me about this. So here we are. And I'm, okay, okay. Yes, ma'am. Show me that next slide there, Brother Steve. <laughs> you and Brother Parks, man. Can't take y'all nowhere. You're stealing my thunder. I'll tell you what. I'm sure glad you're on my team. I'll tell y'all that. I'm glad you're on my team. So we'll just use that as a, as a segue. I don't really understand why they use the word Segway. You ever seen a Segway? You get on it and you go around like this, you know, and they say, I'm gonna use this as a Segway. And all I can think about is some weird looking like mall cop on a Segway. <laughs> we gotta be patient, okay? Got a problem, got a situation. We got something we're trying to figure out. Look, we look to the hills. From whence comes our help? We ask God about it. We trust him and believe him that he's going to do it. Then we, ha, here we are, right? And then we have to be patient. Next scripture. Someone read that for me. this scripture to me one more time in my house. I'm just joking. She can read it all she wants. Because if I'm feeling like that, she's going to need to read it to me like 10 more times. But I'll tell you what, when I'm stressed about something, I'm just trying to express my frustration about a situation. She's like, be anxious for nothing. I'm like, ah, I know that scripture. Thank you. I don't say that because I know better. The Lord will smack me down, boy. I know it. I don't like getting smacked by God. So I'm just like, yes, yeah, that's right. I just start trying to quote it with her. Be anxious for nothing. We need to quit stressing out. Right? Look, we don't, we don't choose stress. Okay? The initial emotional and psychological thing that we go through when something happens, we can't control that. That's life. Right? But what we do choose is how long are we going to sit there and what we're going to do about it. 
right? And I believe that that's what the scripture is saying is don't be anxious. Don't stay there. Let's go ahead and do something about it with prayer and supplications. Whatever you're stressing about, make that known unto God. And he will keep us. He will give us peace. But, but we can't. I don't know what it is about us sometimes. We just get so. It's like we refuse to leave the place of stress. We know the answer. We know what we need to do to get out of it. But we like. We like. Think we just. We have to be there. Or we, we like. We don't deserve not to be there. Or something. I don't know. I'm trying to figure myself out here. Because sometimes I know. I need. I, there's a way to get out of it. But I just stay there. Pray for me. Please. Pray for me. Next scripture. I'll read this one. He who is impulsive exalts folly. So in our patience, we need to realize that sometimes patience means not doing anything about it right now. Right? Sometimes the situation is forcing us to make us feel like something has to be done right now. And we don't know what the answer is right now. So we get anxious, right? I don't, I feel like there's all this pressure on me to make this decision. You know, maybe it's pressure from yourself or maybe it's pressure from others. But we don't know what the answer is. So the scripture says, he who is impulsive exalts folly. Sometimes we just make a decision to go do it. Yeah. Right? And we all know that that ain't great. We all know if we went to God, Lord, I got this situation. We're, we're trying to be patient, but we just can't be patient anymore. We just like, we're looking at the gamut of decisions. We're like, eeny, meeny, miny, go, you know? And that's not how this thing works most of the time. The only time that works I've seen with me is if I feel compelled by the Spirit of God to do a thing, right? Right? And so it doesn't line up with this whole gamut of being patient. Da, da, da. It's, a, it's a thing, and this is good. And then I don't care what happens. If I feel like God is saying, this is it, I don't care what other people might consider on the spectrum of good or bad. I'm doing it. Because when I feel the thing that I felt before in my, my situation, my spirit, I'm just going to go do it. But if I don't feel that, and I go do it anyway, oh boy. A prudent man, says the next scripture, sees evil and hides himself, but a naive, but the naive perceive and pay the penalty. I was just thinking about this one. You know, like you're getting ready. It's kind of like if you've ever been at a restaurant, you know, and you got them waiters and servers, and they're just boogieing around those corners, around those doors, and they got them big trays of food, and I didn't really notice it at first, but lately I've noticed it more like a waiter will be like, coming around the corner, you know. <laughs> Being a fool is like just going around the corner. <laughs> you know, just going and smashing right into a person who's got this big plate of food all ready to go to this angry customers that have already been waiting for like 45 minutes and now they got to remake their food and it's all your fault because you just went around the corner without being prudent. You didn't like, hey, anybody there, you know. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I want, I, want to, I want to be as careful as I need to be every step of the way so I don't make things worse on everybody else and me. And then the last one, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go 
unpunished. And I was just thinking about this, just less in the, in the category of hasting to be rich, but just hasting to get a decision, you know, hasting, hasting to, you know, to just get the situation done. What I don't like in my world is, and it's, it's self-inflicted, but the way I kind of run my life, Trying to be cool about it and take it off while I was holding the mic, it just didn't work like that. The way I, I govern my life is I got a notebook, okay? And I've got a stack of notebooks where each, you know, section of my life I've governed my life. And I keep it just because it's interesting to go back through it. I don't scribble stuff out. I just put one line through it so I see things that I've put on my list and I've done. So I've got my... If you go to my, my wife can always, if she wonders what's going on in my world internally, all she has to do is go in my office, open up my book, and look at my current page. And she will see whether or not I've got all my ducks in a row and I'm doing good and everything's under control or my life is a mess. And my problem is I'll put things on my list, things that need to be done, like very important things, something I need to look at all day long, every day until it's done. It's just the way I'm a visual person. If I don't see it, it's not going to get done. And that's, I'm sorry if, if all of you, if any of you have fallen into that trap with me in some way, shape, or form. If I don't see it, I don't do it. If I can't, if I can't be reminded about it, it's just my brain is going too crazy. I, I've got to. Well, I get tired of my list. Absolutely, positively worn out by my list. It gets to the point in my life where I don't, I will go in my office, I won't even open my book because it stresses me out so bad to constantly be staring at this list of all the important things that I need to be doing in my life and I can't do them all at one time. So my temptation is to open that thing up and just start making rapid fire decisions. Just to get them things off my list. I'm tired of looking at them. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm tired of praying about it. I'm, try, I'm tired of trying to make the best decision. I'm, I, I, I'm done. This is what we're doing about that. I don't, but I know, I feel it in my spirit when I get that on me. I don't need to be hasty. If it lives on my list and I got to move it back over the next day, I move it over the next day. I want to make the best decisions possible. My bosses, it drives my bosses crazy. They're like, what are we doing about this? I'm like, I don't know. It's still on my list. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I'm not comfortable with the decision that I have options for here. My options aren't great. I'm waiting for another one. So, you know, I don't want to be hasty. So, you know, we're, we're talking about being patient. Is, is, you know, when, when you think of be patient, is there something, what comes to mind for you? I'm going to take this opportunity to take a drink. Thinking about it, processing it.
Thomas. It's like your faith in works. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's like your faith in action is, is yeah. your patience, right? Yeah. Like you can say, you can pray and you can say you're having faith, but if you're not being patient, are you really, you know, are you really, right? Yeah, I like that. That's good. I saw a couple of hands over there. Yes, ma'am. Be comfortable. Correct. Right. Be not comfortable, then that's when that impulse comes and you're, you're, you're making moves that are not uh, cohesive with it. I like it, yeah. We, we've got to be able to learn how to be comfortable and rest when we're waiting on God, to when we've prayed about something. And, and I think it's our job, not just that, but, but others around us. You know, I, I don't know why I think about this, but... You know, sometimes people are waiting for you to make a decision about something, right? Like it's on you. And we, not only do we have to have rest and be patient and, and find comfort in that place, but we have to help others to get there too. And, and a lot of times it's a witness, right? Like we, we have an opportunity and a, witness, a, a window to witness to someone when they're wondering why we're not taking action. Now, I do want to pause here, just as a, a little bit of a caveat, that we can go overboard with that, right? We, we, can, we can build little monuments to the rest, and maybe God's been answering us, but we don't like the answer, so we're leaving it there, 
right? We're not taking action because we don't like the action that God is calling, but we pawn it off on, I'm praying about it. I'm waiting on God. I'm listening. God's been talking, but we don't like to hear it, so we just let it be. Or we're afraid of what he's asking us to do. So, you know, there's a balance with the waiting, and, and, and but, but, but we're not going there now. We're, the Bible study isn't about that whole thing. But we do got to be careful because I've been around long enough where I've seen people get stuck right there in action. Uh, some, someone called it uh, analysis paralysis. You know, just getting stuck in, 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 the, in the figuring it out part. Sometimes it's time to move. And you, just like you got to trust God and be patient, you got to trust God and go. <laughs> you got to trust God and do. And I guarantee you if, you, if you make a mistake and you move forward, regardless of how bad it is, God can fix it. You know, it's, it's, there ain't no mess you're going to create that God can't step in, fix it, and then do something really cool with it as long as you react and, and do the things you need to do. So we don't have to worry about it that much. I mean, we, we only have a general, very basic understanding of how this thing really goes anyway. And so we take the scriptures and we do what we can with it, and God just steps in and takes care of the rest. So uh, I did see another, I think I saw another hand up over here. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes it just don't make sense to us, to reality, or to anyone around us. Like, why are we still waiting? And we got to be confident in God and our relationship with God enough to just keep waiting if we feel like that's what we need to do. You know, we can't let others judge us. You know, I'm saying that in general that we need to take action, but I'm just I'm just reminding us that there's a point that we need to take action. If you feel like you need to keep waiting, wait, because I mean. I've seen more problems guaranteed by people who took uh, action before they should have than I've seen people who waited too long, right? And who's to judge who waited too long, ma'am? Teach me, Lord, just to wait. I love that song. That's, that's, I've been singing that song for a long time. They will renew your strength. Because it's in the moment of weakness that you're going to make a hasty decision. But if you wait, the Lord will strengthen you in what he wants you to do. I love it. love it. All right. So we talked about... First thing, we're going to pray, right? We're going to go to God. We're going to send the situation to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, the one who created this whole thing, the one who knows the end from the beginning. We're going to go ahead and pump this back to him because we don't really know what to do. 
we don't know what the best decision is. Now we've punted to him, we've thrown him the ball, and now we just on the field, now we wait. We wait to see what's gonna happen. But when we wait, we don't necessarily just sit like a bump on a log while we wait, right? There's, some, there's still some action that we can take while we wait, right? There's still some things that we can be doing to help uh, this, this thing move along. And, um, before I get into it, I'll just throw it out there. What, what, what are some things that you know, we can do? We've prayed about it. We've established that there needs to be patience, right? But now what? We've got a situation. We have a decision to make. We're trying to get something done. We need some answers for the money. Well, we have the, you know, grimaces. We have our decision-making process. You know, you, um, you take it in the time that you're, you know, in the military, tactical patience, because you have to wait for things to get done. You know, you can't. As soon as somebody's assaulting something, you can't, you know, the machine gun fire can't start, you know, until they get into a certain position where they're able to assault them. Because you want the element of surprise, of course, with that. You're not trying to surprise anything. But you have to wait for a situation to develop. Why are you waiting for a situation to develop? You're not just sitting there. You're, you're looking at avenues of approach of what you can do, coming up with um, um, theories or estimations of, and surmations of what you can do, two or three items or different directions you can take. And then um, and while you're looking at it, you run through the processes of these three different avenues trying to make a you know, just, you're not making a decision, but you're looking at it. You're, you're saying, all right, I can do A, and you know, this could be the end result, but this could happen, that could be catastrophic. Or this could happen, that could be, you know, whatever. Then you got decision B. You say, okay, I got two catastrophic things that happen with A, but in B, I only got one catastrophic thing, but the good result may not be the best result. And then you got decision C, okay? I got decision C that, you know, it only has one catastrophic element, and it has two ways it can come out good or it can come out great. So while you're sitting there, you're running through these processes, and of course, with counsel, hopefully. Wait, stop. Hold up, brother. You can't take all my bullet points at one shot. <laughs> brother, brother, Ian, can you pop that next scripture up? Wait, wait, go back. Go back. Okay, go right past get counsel. Okay, we got get counsel. Oh, here we go. Act like you didn't see get counsel. <laughs> I was copying and pasting that slide. That's But we're getting there. But the first part of what you said is what I want to jump onto real quick. You said you're going to look at this, you're going to study the situation, right? And that's what the scripture says. We need to take time to analyze. Look, in the beginning, we went straight to God, right? We said, God, first and foremost, I want your input, okay? Now, I'm going to be patient. Now, we begin our process of trying to figure out what we need to do. We can't just trust God and then walk around nilly-nilly nilly and, and, and not try to be involved in, in understanding how to go forth from this point. We can't put it all on God. Faith without works is dead. We've got, now the work comes in. Now the part where we put our work on, if we really want an answer, 
If we really want to make the best decision, this is where we get our work clothes on. And we start digging out the best decision possible. God is ordering our steps. God is, is, has created the adventure for us. But, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, Toto had to get up out of the hobbit hole and he had to go get that thing. And there was a big old journey between here and there. God doesn't run the journey for us, but he does prepare and protect us and provide for us on the way. So we got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. A workman for what? What am I working for? I'm working for the best answer. I'm working for the best solution. And God is down with that. God, God, you, you, go, you go to put your work gloves on, and God will have them sitting there right on the table, nice and folded and ready for you. You'll put the work gloves on, you'll walk outside, there'll be a hammer sitting there. You're like, ooh, and he ain't going to swing it for you, but he'll get it ready for you to pick it up. So study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. It's our time at that point to get up and start getting busy figuring out what the best answer is. Whew. Next slide. So can somebody read the first one, then somebody read the second one, and then somebody else read the third one, and then somebody else read the fourth one? Well, the fourth one is just something I wrote. So don't worry about the last one. So the first place that we need to go, we need to put in the work. The most profitable place for us to put in the work to figuring out what the best answer to the, to the problem is, is to go to the scriptures. Because God, it is what God, it is already a book full of answers to almost any question that you can come up with. The scripture has a foundational principle where we, that we can use to, be, to continue to make our decision, right? It's not going to tell us whether we should choose green or blue, but it's going to give you a principle to govern that decision. So first, we've got to go to the scriptures. We went to God. Now we're going to go to the scriptures and see what does the scriptures say about this because the word of God does things. The word of God can teach us and lead us. And we may think we're trying to search out this thing, but when we're in the Word of God, God is using it to teach us all these other things. Well, I mean, he, he's a good multitasker. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to get up in the Word and understand what the Bible says about our situation and about our scenario. So we go to God, then we go to the Word, but that's not it. Okay? We can't just stop and say, hey, I prayed about it. I read through the Scripture, and I still don't know what to do. The, you got to keep your work gloves on. We, we got to keep the hammer in our hand because there's still some things that the scripture says that we need to do. And it's what Brother um, Munnan said, which is what? Counsel. 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 We're, we're, we've assessed scripture. Now we need to start talking to some people about it. This is where we jump the gun, I think. This is probably where I jump the gun is we start talking about our situation and our problem with everybody and putting it all over social media before we've even really 
figured in the rest of it, right? Yeah. So we get the cart before the horse and our problem becomes a bigger problem because we just created this whole other scenario that didn't even need to be there because we went about it the wrong way. But once we've talked to God about it, punted that situation to him, we went to his word and said, you know, maybe he's already got the answer on the word for me. Then we began to, to put it out there and begin to seek counsel about it. We begin to talk to people, but we want to make sure that we talk to the right people about it. We're going to go to 1 Kings. Um, I need a fast reader to, to help me read this because uh, we're going to read quite a, a lengthy bit of scriptures. Brother Steve, you're just going to have to stick with us because I think there's like four slides of scriptures here. Who's my fast reader? Your father was hard master, they said, lightened the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your Lord's subjects. Okay, time out. Just, just, just so we, we understand where we're at, we're in First Kings. This is Rehoboam. This is the people of Israel talking to Rehoboam, one of the children of Solomon. And the Solomon is gone now. Rehoboam is king. The people have come to Rehoboam, and they are like, "Hey, look, Solomon wore us out. He had us working from sun up to sundown." And we built all this beautiful stuff, but it was on our backs. What are you going to do about it? Rehoboam is like a brand new young king, right? He's got a situation that he needs to deal with. He's got a decision he's going to make. What spirit or attitude is he going to have toward his people? And that's what they're asking. What kind of king are you going to be? Go ahead. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over. Hey, hey, let's give this man some props. All right. He wasn't like, oh, well, you know what I think I should do. Uh, you know, hey, I'm a king. I should have the answers. I should always have a ready response to everything he says. No, he's like, give me three days. I like this guy. I mean, he, he is starting off right. I think that he is starting this thing off the correct way. He's telling everybody, stop. Y'all be patient because I got to go figure out what the right answer is. Y'all, this, this, we need to suck that into our spirit. <laughs> Love it. Go ahead. Then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men. With who? The older men. With who? The older men. Talk about it, brother. Who had answered his father, Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older council replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favor, favorable answer, they will always be your Lord's subject. Sounds like some pretty good advice. Eh? But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men. Say it isn't so. Rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men. The who? The young men. The who? The young men. Oh my goodness. Who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten their burdens? Lighten the burdens. And Let's stop them for a second. Okay. Look. I don't think it's truly, you know, I'm not, you know, the wise sage from the mountains of Mount Sinai who has all the answers, okay? So you can't take what I say as like, not that you would, you know better, but I don't think it's inappropriate to ask someone who is not an older, wiser person what their thoughts are on a certain subject, okay? I think some people get this twisted that we should not uh, engage in any serious conversation with anybody who's our age or younger. I think that's inappropriate and incorrect. Yeah. Okay, I think that our generation, whatever age we are, has plenty to offer 
plenty of relevant information to offer our situation. I believe the younger generation has a good perspective, most likely, if you're not talking to an absolute Yahoo, on our conversation, too. So, you know, we can't disregard that totally. But it's not about who we talk to, and it's not about what, we, what they say, but it's about the action that we take from that. Go ahead, brother. All right, how should I answer these people who want me to lighten their burdens and pray for my father? The young man replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a light burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid burdens, heavy burdens on you, but I am going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. How do you beat somebody with scorpions, man? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't wisdom dictate that you didn't take advice from these fellas? I mean, what? I don't know. That would have turned me off from their advice right there. <laughs> this poor fella started off great, but he's got a long road to hoe if he's listening to advice like that. I think you should whip him with scorpions. <laughs> and you're going to get answers like that, right? That's Especially right. amongst your friend group, your younger people, like these teenagers and like just young adults. Man, it, I, I, that's like the only group that I do hesitate. To, to say you should listen to your peers because these folks come up with some wild stuff. And a lot of times they're just they're just razzing them. A lot of times they're not even really giving them a real answer. They're just trying to work them up. They're, they're, they're not even really trying to give them an answer. And and But peer pressure is terrible. And I think that's kind of what might maybe happen here. You know, he's got the old man, you know, giving him the right answer. It's, it's not the fun. He, he's like, you can either be a serpent or a serpent. You can either be a servant or go whip people with scorpions. I mean, what sounds more fun? Yeah. Yeah. And he chose whipping people with scorpions. I mean, how was that? So, you know, we have to, um, we need to acknowledge in our life, and, and I'm sure I'm not saying, I'm not like saying anything that's revelationary. That's probably not the right term, but you know, to anybody in here. I'm sure that you guys, everybody in here understands, but I'm not in here to really, I think, teach something new tonight. I think I'm in here to remind us that we need to take some time to look in our world for our elders, for our older men and women. This is older men here, but there is men, there are men and women in our lives that God has placed in our lives that can speak counsel into our situations if, okay, if we start from the beginning and we, we go to God, we say, God, I got a problem, I got a situation, I got, I, got a, I got an answer I need to get. We punt that to him. We commit to patience. We scour the scriptures. And then we begin to seek counsel. I've had a 
question, situation that I've been seeking the Lord on over the course of months, and, and it's been amazing over the course of time to see God bring these people that I didn't even think about that were great people to talk to about my situations and problems. So that's what I've come here tonight to share with my life family, uh, just to remind us and help us wherever we are in our own lives and current decision-making processes about you know what, what are some things, simple things that we can do to get this place out of anxiety, get this place out of anxiousness, put it into a place where it's under control and God's got it, and we are going to make the best decision possible. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. This is the way I gauge the room. When one person falls asleep, I keep going. When we get to three, we're done. All right? I have, I have reached the end of my effectiveness of keeping everybody engaged. So. And that's okay, right? The Lord gives you signs. You know, so you just got to follow the sign. Lord, you're good to us. So good to us. You're patient with us. Lord, you know each of our situations that we're trying to navigate, you know, you know we want to make the best decision, God. We, we want the best decision possible. And we know sometimes that, that the answer is probably not even something that's in our head that, that we can't even think about. But God, that's the answer we want. We don't want an okay answer. We don't want, we want the best God answer. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever might be currently hot on the oven, cook it and wait for an answer. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us tonight. Strengthen us in the place of our patience as we wait for you, as we as we work toward the answer, as we study to show ourselves approved. Lord God, as we seek after counsel, Lord, guide our steps and help us, God, to enjoy this process of you doing what you do, interacting with us. We love you, God, and we trust you for all of these things. Whether we get the answers for these things or not, we're going to trust you. We're going to love you. We're going to continue to give you glory, and we're going to continue to follow hard after you. We sure do love you. We sure do thank you. We offer our lives afresh and new to you tonight. We ask these things tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You are free from my craziness. Oh, wait, we got to take up offer. That's part of the adventure. Lock the doors. Part of the journey. <laughs> offer. Lord, I pray you bless this offer tonight as we give from our hearts as unto you. We love you and we thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Please come, give in the offering, and then you are dismissed.